Bill Hitler is a cataloger and auctioneer for PBA galleries and specializes in literature, poetry, the beats, and counterculture. He's been with the firm for nine years, spent most of his working life prior to PBA at independent book and record stores. He's a lifelong lover and collector of books and a writer as well, with a number of volumes of poetry published with various independent presses and a collection of short fiction. Welcome, Bill, to The Bibliophile. Thank you for having me, Nigel. It's very good to be here. So give me a little background on PBA galleries. Sure. Well, I've been around in one form or another, uh, since 1955, I believe, uh, they started off as California book auction galleries in San Francisco. Uh, they were around in that form for about 35 years. Uh, the original owner, uh, Mr. Powers, passed away. And his heirs, uh, they put the company into voluntary bankruptcy when he passed away. Uh, Butterfield's auction house acquired the name, but not the people from the original house. They went on to... Uh, found Pacific Book Auction Galleries in 1992. Uh, one of those core members is still with us now as our senior vice president, Bruce McMakin. So we've been around as Pacific Book Auction Galleries in San Francisco since 1992. Uh, in 2001, we officially changed our name to PBA Galleries to kind of more reflect the global presence in the marketplace. So it's not just associated with California or the Pacific. Now it's just PBA. And uh, we moved to our permanent home in Berkeley in uh, 2019. So now we're in Berkeley. Okay. And can you describe exactly what the company does? Sure. We sell, started off mainly just books and uh, ephemera, meaning, you know, historical documents, letters, anything along those lines related to books. In recent years, we've branched out. We have an art uh, section now. We do fine art. We have Ivan Briggs now with us. Uh, he does comic books and fine pens. But basically what we do, if you have what you think is a rare or unique or expensive book you might want to sell, you contact us. We, you'll consign it to us. We will catalog it, put it in our catalog, and put it up for auction at one of our sales. And Hopefully it will do well and make money for everyone. You have themed sales. Yeah, exactly. For a long time, uh, we definitely specialized. We've been known to specialize in um, Americana, Western Americana, California, American world history, cartography. I myself am now the, uh, as you mentioned, I specialize in literature, poetry, more recently, the beats and the counterculture and art as well. So yeah, now we've had our catalogs kind of become more specialized than we used to be. Yeah. And uh, which is working out very well for us. It's kind of fun. It gives us more freedom to myself to kind of more have a hand in curating the literature themed auctions and such. So that's fun for me. Okay. So let's look at a very specific case. Uh, sure. About six, eight months ago, I decided that I was going to part with one of my prized possessions. It's a first edition. I would say it, it was in very good plus condition, both mm -hmm. and the book. And what I decided, I've got about a, a hundred odd books up on biblio.com. Right. Some of my stuff that I want to see if I can move. 
So that's the route that I decided to take. So I, I'm not going to tell you what price I asked for it yet because because uh, I want to get your rough take on what might have transpired if I had done it your way. Sure. So put it up online. And within about 12 hours, not even, <laughs> I got a bite. It was from another dealer. So I automatically gave them a 20% discount and sold it to them. The, the whole thing took like 24 hours. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That's how fast you it was. Have, you must have priced it well. <laughs> and well, maybe not so well. <laughs> 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 so anyway, let, let's, I, I'm, I know this is maybe putting you on the spot a bit, but if I, if I had taken a, this route with PBA, mm-hmm contacted you or the company and i'd said i have a first edition in very good plus condition of brave new world the right british of course can you take it up from there what would have happened well we would have looked at it as far as um our commission start off that um we take a straight 17 percent of the hammer price which is the final bid when the hammer goes down uh, yeah. So say the book sold for a thousand dollars at auction when the hammer goes down. Uh, we well, let's, take- can we get more precise on what you think? Can you give me a, a just a rough eyeball what you think it might be worth? Uh, what was the book one more time? I'm sorry. No problem. It was uh, Brave New World, the Shadow and Windus, 1932, first edition, in very good plus condition. And so- let me just do a quick little. Yeah. yeah. So this is a this is again this is what you would have done if gotcha right yeah. It's gonna see if we've sold one anytime recently and what what we got for it. So that's the first thing you do is you look through your own records, right? Yeah. Say uh, someone has a book. First thing we'll do is see if we have a sales history with it and see yes. you know what we've sold it for recently. Right. Uh, after that, we would uh, we can look up auction records of other auction houses online, say, oh, so-and-so sold it for this much six months ago or last year. And so we definitely take that into account when we put an estimate on a book. And then also we look and see uh, what else is currently out there. Um, what do you mean by that? Look online as, you know, eBay, ABE books, uh, Via Libra online and see what yeah. other dealers are currently trying to sell them for. So that kind of combination of things kind of goes into our research as far as what we think would be a fair estimate and reserve. All right, let's see what we got here. I have a kind of a spastic cat here with me too. Yeah, no, my cat, <laughs> my cat's asleep uh, just about eight feet away from us. So. Right. All right. Well, here's probably a comparable copy of yours. We sold one a while back. Uh, yeah, both the book and jacket were in very good condition. The jacket had, you know, some small tears and some chipping. But overall, you know, it was a very good copy of the book. Our hammer price on that was uh, $1,400. So, and we've definitely sold some for less. Now, again, yeah. that's first edition. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the British first edition in this jacket. Yeah, Shadow and Windows, 1932, the first trade edition. Yeah. Okay, so then then what do you do? You what do you do? 
Okay. We would, um, as I said, we would do the research uh, to come across what we think would be a good estimate and a reserve. In this case, we estimated it 1000 to 1500 And how we work our reserves, the, basically the price that it will open at at auction, is uh, half of our um, low estimate. So if we estimated something at $1,000 to $1,500, the reserve, we'd start it off at $500. That's where the bidding would begin. And then it would just kind of go from there. Okay. You'd want to see the actual physical book. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, basically, we do have to have the books in hand for cataloging. Right. And uh, also, right. for we have an in-house photographer, so we do the photographs for the book for the catalog as well. So, yes, you do have to either bring the items to us or ship them to us or get them to us somehow for us to catalog them. So, do you give out a, an estimate right off the top and say, I think this is what it's worth. If you want to proceed, then send us the book. Yeah, that is generally how it goes. If someone has like a single book, um, we'll do a little research and say, this is what we think would be a fair estimate and reserve. Send it our way if, if that works for you. Sometimes people will have a lot of books or something we need to do more research on. So they'll send the stuff to us and we will do the research and then let them know what we think uh, you know, would work best. Okay. So I ship my book off to you. You do the, the camera work and you put it in a catalog. What by catalog? Uh, well, we have auctions uh, every two weeks, generally, uh, every other Thursday. Um, okay. We still do um, print catalogs, which now they're kind of just more collectible items since most everyone bids and looks at our online catalogs. But um, okay. basically, you just go to our website, PBA Galleries. Catalogs for each sale go up online generally about two weeks before the sale. Catalogs with all the descriptions and all the photographs of all the items going up for in a particular auction will be available to look at online two weeks prior. Uh, you okay. can start bidding early online if you like, but then when the actual auction happens, there will be live bidding as well. I see. Okay. So each sale that you have, it's up online for two weeks and there's a period of sort of where people can put in a bid and then there's a live bid. How long does the live bid last for? Uh, well, basically as long as it takes to sell all the items in that particular sale. Um, our auctions, they range from about these days, about 300 lots to 500 lots per auction, which tends it takes us about maybe an hour to get through 100 lots or so. So the auctions can be kind of lengthy. If it's like 500 lots, we'll be there for five hours auctioning them off. So you have to keep an eye and, and then wait for your for your lot to come off? Or Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the lots are numbered, you know, one through 500. Uh, say there's something you want to bid on, you want to bid on lot 37, you know. Again, you can bid in advance, but if you want yeah. to watch live to make sure no one outbids you, uh, you can watch the auctions online, listen to them online, and bid online as the auction is happening. You can also call in. We still take phone bids as the auction's happening. So, uh, yeah, you just monitor the sale, and uh, when your lot comes up, you jump in. You said listen. Is it actually someone's voice? Oh, yeah. We, we, we actually have old-school real auctions. Uh, I auctioneer, and along with our fellow catalogers, um, before the virus, not as many, but we would still have, you know, people come in physically for the auctions, you know, uh, we'd have people in the room and they would also bid live. 
And uh, but yeah, we actually uh, auction auction each item live. So I would go to your website and I could listen to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I'd say lot thirty-seven. We have a first edition <laughs> of Brave New World. Do I have five hundred dollars? We're looking for five hundred dollars. You know, yeah, we still old school auction. <laughs> okay, that's that's really interesting. And then you bring down the hammer after each lot. Exactly. We, you know, we'll have say the bidding kind of tapers off. Six hundred dollars. Is any gonna any advance from six hundred? Any advance? Last call at six hundred. If Thanks. no further advance, boom, sold at $600. Okay. So my copy of Brave New World gets a two-week window. What do you do with that catalog? you just put it up on your website or do you push it out to a bunch of people or what do you do? Um, well, yeah, it's up on our website. But yeah, again, like we've been around for a number of years. So we have a, a built-in audience. So people, you know, look to our auctions every every few weeks to see what right. we have going on. Um, there are also websites uh, that people use. One is called Live Auctioneers, another is called Invaluable. So people who, who like to buy things through auctions, they'll go to these third-party websites and search for things. And our auctions will show up on those websites if we have the kind of things they're looking for. So yeah, through, through our own website, through other auction websites, we still send out print catalogs to people who are interested. So yeah, just we have a network of, of people who've been buying and selling with us for many years. So we definitely get, get the news out there. And also trade uh, papers, you know, uh, antique magazines, auction magazines, they'll have little articles about upcoming sales and such. So we get promoted that way as well. How do you do a print... Uh catalog if you've only got a short little window like that <laughs> uh we work quick uh we have we have an in-house photographer uh basically the way it goes like all the uh lots for a particular sale will be cataloged by the catalogers with the descriptions and such once they're cataloged they go to the photographer take some pictures um and then we put the catalog together and send it out to the printers yeah it's it's you know it's a pretty fast paced uh, business, but we enjoy it. <laughs> but yeah, we get those print catalogs out every two weeks. What do you do? Mail them out to people who, who subscribe to them or? Yeah, basically again, before the internet, you know, that's how people would uh, prepare for the auction. We'd send out, you know, the print catalog and people would go through the print catalog and decide what yeah. they want to bid on. Uh, yeah. But now that everything is on the internet, the print catalogs are almost more, kind of collectible fun items but yeah people who right. subscribe to them they'll go to uh the consigners as well if someone consigned a really nice book with us they'll want to have a copy of the catalog that it was in okay uh, are there are a lot of book sellers that subscribe to it yeah um well as you say you mentioned that a dealer bought your book many of the people that Consign books to us and buy from us are other dealers. Uh, that's probably the large, um, you know, they buy it from us with the hopes that they can hang on to it a bit and sell it to someone else for more. Also, we have yeah. you know, a lot of private collectors that buy from us as well. And occasionally um, institutions as far as university libraries, if we have a collection of letters or ephemera, that's very interesting to them. We'll get institutions bidding as well. Yeah, this is a bit of a double-edged sword here because I'll divulge how much <laughs> I, from it. I can say that it was significantly more than what you have uh, oh, okay. quoted multiple times more. 
but on the flip side, that's a really good price for a, for a really important book. Right. Well, again, and that was, well, now it's funny now that you say that, I just see a more recent copy that we sold. Uh, that other one was from some years ago. Uh, we sold one that went for 6000 um, That's more like it. <laughs> right. I'm not sure. Again, it's interesting how such things fluctuate. Um, you know, with auctions, like a book is worth kind of exactly how much someone is willing to pay for it right at that moment. <laughs> Kind at of that thing, moment. you know yeah so it kind yeah. of depends who's watching who wants a copy like right now so it can right. fluctuate a bit but yeah now it looks like our last copy that's more than a bit six <laughs> yeah exactly that's a huge and, amount that's uh, yeah that's um this one was a slightly nicer cup that's well, that's, that's four times good. no it's, it's interesting how um it can really range but yeah so this copy our most recent one we sold that went for six thousand so that is a and big when, And what what date was that? This was, let me see what sale this was. Oh, so this is uh, just in Mar March of last year, March, March 2021. Of... And that was our one that sold for 6000 That was our last copy that we sold. A lot of that obviously has to do with condition. Uh, yes, condition is the main thing, uh, especially with modern first like that. The condition of the yeah. dust jacket is a big so I can tell you now, because I didn't want to embarrass you, <laughs> but uh, I can tell you now that I, I think I put 5,500 on it. Okay. But I had to pay that because it was right. up right, right away by a dealer. What this does, though, is it, it emphasizes exactly what you've just said, which is, and probably one of the, the best reasons to check out online options is... Mm. You can find really good deals. You can, you, yeah. Yeah, because people are wanting to get rid of this stuff. Yeah, it, that's part of the fun of it because it's a little different every time. You try, to, you try to put a reserve, an opening bid that doesn't totally undersell you know, the, the piece, but it will get enough bidders interested in it that you'll have people bidding They'll start fighting over it because no one likes to lose. You know? <laughs> and so once you have two or three people bidding, <laughs> Right. You know, sometimes it can get a really good price because, you know, you'll start off in the auction. OK, well, I'm not going to spend more than one thousand dollars. But then when you're, you know, you're bidding against someone else and you reach that point of one thousand, you're like, oh, OK, you know, eleven hundred, you know. And, you know it's, so. wor yeah, it's worth the extra three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven hundred dollars. Exactly. So that's when it's fun. That's when the auction process really kicks in when you have people bidding against each other. And it's fun to see how much something is going to sell for. Uh, now, what about books in general? Have you found the prices to over your nine-year period of employment there, uh, or whatever period you've actually been? Right. What have prices done? Overall, I think things have been going up a bit. Um, overall, right. as far you know, certain things, especially like you know, with what I deal with in literature, you know, certain authors, certain books will come in and out of favor. So individually, things will go up and down. Like what, for example, like what specific authors have been hot in the last five years? Well, again, for us and for me in particular, um, we're really big on uh, Charles Bukowski. Um, he just continually just 
you have rare Charles Bukowski stuff, send it to PBA because we'll get a good price on it. He's one of those kind of everyman writers where younger people continue to get into yeah. him and get excited about him. Younger collectors are still into him. And so he's just, yeah, when we get rare stuff, letters, typescript poems, you know, do very well for us. Uh, original art. And, and some of the beats in general, Kerouac's still doing well for us. But then again, other People who used to do pretty well say someone like Henry Miller. He's kind of going out of fashion these days. So it's up and down with particular authors, particular pieces. But overall, book sales in general have been doing very well as far as collectible books. Especially we noticed that during the pandemic. I think people were at home and kind of bored and had money to spend. And so, right, right. <laughs> so no, uh, overall, uh, in the rare book world, collectible books, uh, prices have been very, very good. Okay. Now, for me to participate in one of these sales, mm -hmm. what do I have to do? Uh, basically, you just go to our website or you could give us a call and uh, give your basic information and um, we sign you up to bid. So it's very straightforward. You need my credit card probably, right? Yeah, we do take a credit card number and we don't charge anything to a credit card without your permission. They take, right. they put one on file when you uh, sign up to bid, I believe. And then you obviously get to choose how you want to pay. Do you accept credit card payment or not? Oh yeah, we accept any any way you want to pay if it's legal tender. <laughs> and then seventeen percent. What else does the person that provides you with the book have to pay? That is it. Just the straight seventeen percent. Other than um, shipping, if they ship the book to us, so if there are costs involved in getting it to us, they have to cover that. But other than that, it's just the seventeen percent. No right. extra fees for photography or cataloging or anything like that. So I'm I, again. I pay a bit more, roughly the same thing in a commission. Why wouldn't I just put it on eBay? I would think just because we have a built-in audience, uh, people come to look for us for certain things. You know, we're known for literature, uh, Americana, art now. And uh, so we have that kind of built-in audience. And since we've been around in one form or another since 1955, people trust us. Like, I mean, if we say this book is in very good condition, people are you know, gonna be confident that it's in very good condition or in fine condition. And they'll be yeah. confident that they can, if they do have an issue with it, they can return it. With eBay, and I've had this issue myself, uh, eBay and Amazon, I'll buy a used book. Oh, that's a great deal. And, you know, they're sold by people who are inexperienced or who aren't honest. And I'll, I'll buy a book that sounds like it's a good deal and I'll get it and it'll be like an ex-library copy. And, oh, they didn't yeah. mention that, you know, or, or, you know, that little stain on the dust jacket. They said it was actually a big stain and, you know. So yeah. we're, we're very accurate and fair in describing our books. So you know what you buy from us, that's what you're going to get. You know, right. and, and if you're unhappy with it, you can return it. But we've been in the business for a long time. So we're pretty fair and accurate with our descriptions. What else? Is there anything else that I have to be aware of selling my books through you? Yeah, we just have the straight 17%. Uh, we do have uh, the buyer's premium, which is, um, it doesn't affect your commission, but we charge a 20 to 25% buyer's premium to the buyer of a book on top of the hammer price. So if they pay $1,000 for something on the hammer price, their actual costs would be 1200 or 1250 So that doesn't affect the seller at all. We just uh, would take the straight 17% from the hammer price. 
you in effect make 37%. Exactly. So business has been going up. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's been doing very well for us. Well, you know, like um, with books as objects, as collectible items, you know, I think that's a market that's always going to be there uh, as far yeah. as, you know, people say, oh, well, people don't read books anymore. They just look online. But people don't collect first editions of Moby Dick and a fine binding to to read it. They buy it to, to have it on their shelves, you know, to own it or maybe to sell it to someone else. But so it's not about whether people still read these books necessarily as whether they're desirable as collectible items, which and that seems to be going very strong. The thing, the thing is, I take more of a risk by selling it through you because if the reserve is 50% of what I want, and I didn't even want to take, you know, really <laughs> take a cut of 20% when I did sell it through the right. market, that's quite a bigger risk, isn't it? It, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of a dance. It, it can be a risk um, because it is always possible that something will sell at the reserve. You know, that's not the ideal, but it can happen. So, yeah, it's kind of a dance with uh, putting the reserve at a place that will attract bidders, which will hopefully, you know, bring up the eventual hammer price. But if you if you put the reserve too high, then bidders will just say, well, I'm not going to bother with that. I can just buy it online for that price, you know? So yeah, yeah it is trying to find that sweet spot. That, that is definitely a big part of the process is finding the, the right reserve for each item. If it's, you know, if it's an item that is very desirable that, you know, is going to sell, you know, we can be more liberal with the reserve, put it, put it at a higher place. Well, let's take my example. Like I did my research, I figure, uh, putting it at fifty five hundred, very that was a very good price given what what I had. There's no way I want to take less than twenty percent less than that. How do you deal with me then saying that to you? <laughs> right, we look at um, our sales. You're like you know, like okay, well we just sold this other copy comparable to yours for six thousand. So we could, you know, it, it depends upon the item. And if it is something very desirable, we can definitely be more liberal with reserve. And okay, well, we'll put a reserve up there because it's probably going to sell for that amount, you know? So uh, okay. it is a case-by-case -case basis. Um, half of the uh, low estimate for our reserve is our, is our house standard, and that tends to work for most items. But, uh, you know, we work with consigners if they say, I don't want to sell it for less than this. And if that seems reasonable to us, then... Um, We'll definitely do that. You have to take chances on some things, you know, if you have a nice item, you know, you, you, know, you don't want to turn it away yeah. unless you have to. So, um, yeah, so it's a case by case basis. So if I said to you, then there's no way I want to take less than 4,500 for this, would you say, sure, we'll put that reserve in it. But the thing, the problem is, of course, that's how, that's my bottom line. But then you take right. additional 17 off that. Right. Yeah. Again, you know, if, if, if it made sense with the research, you know, and something like that, you know, we, we might take a chance on and say, okay, let's try that reserve. And, you know, we don't want to do that with too many, like myself, when I curate an auction, I, everything I put in there, I want, I want to imagine that it has a pretty good chance of selling. Like um, yeah. if I were yeah. a buyer and I saw an item at that reserve, I would go, oh, wow. Okay. I'll bid on that. 
But yeah. then as long as I have enough things in the sale that I'm pretty sure will go, you know, you can take chances on some things, you know, okay, well, it's like, you know, if this doesn't sell at that reserve, well, maybe we can try it again in the future at a slightly lower reserve. So, so yeah, it's a balance of uh, putting things in the sale that you, that you're pretty sure are going to go. And then you can take some chances on some other more interesting items, put some higher reserves on there and see how that works. So, yeah. It's, what's interesting is that I want the reserve to be higher. Mm. You want it to be lower. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's again. Yeah. It's always kind of a, a back and forth with the consigner. Um, Cause as you say, it is, is a bit of a gamble because you don't know what it's going to sell for. Unless as I say, and you've said, like, I know that's an iconic book. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and on yeah. the, and on the other hand, on, on the flip side of that, sometimes, especially if it's a more uh, rare item, an uncommon item, uh, sometimes the prices that we realize will be a lot higher than what copies are available online at the moment. Because uh, again, like I said, if you get a handful of people bidding on something, it can kind yeah. of be like a feeding frenzy of sharks and no one wants right. to quit. No one wants to lose. And so, <laughs> right. yeah. You want so that, competing bids on your book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes people will buy a copy of something, you know, for a lot higher than we would estimate it at. It's a gamble. I mean, if that's in your blood, then uh, this right, is right. the right way to exactly. go. Exactly. And um, again, a lot of um, people that can sign to us are other dealers, you know, and sometimes it's a book they've had in their collection for a long time. They right. can't sell right. it at the price that they want to sell it at. So they're ready to put it out there and, you know, see what it does. Yeah, I would say that uh, if you want to get a good deal, then you look at your catalog and you have a close look at those reserves. And some of them are going to be quite low. Now, of course, you don't know who's going to. But that is ideally what you could possibly get it for if no right. one is on it. Exactly, exactly. So that's why it pays off for the the book collector. Yeah, you hope that the thing that you really want, maybe not that many other people will be interested in at the moment or something. Right. Well, and again, it's just a question of taking a roll at it. Bid the reserve, and then if you don't get it, you don't get it. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes for the better of the seller and uh, for us, sometimes their discipline goes out the window once they start bidding. <laughs> So you've got a pretty good idea of what book you mentioned Bukowski. I would think that Kurt Vonnegut's probably pretty popular, is he? Yeah, Kurt Vonnegut is another uh, another guy who's doing very well for us now. One of the names that always kind of like Bukowski. Uh, he doesn't bring in the high numbers that Bukowski does in general because there's not. Bukowski has a lot more kind of rare little early chapbooks that he would do and stuff. Bukowski tends to have a wider selection of kind of hard to find items. Kurt Vonnegut, his novels, his early editions, his signed works, they, they do very well for us continually, for sure. He's one of those names that's always kind of a sure sell. What are some of the other sure sells for you? Other than Bukowski, um, we're very good with the beats these days, Kerouac, Early Ginsburg stuff, you know, nice editions of Howl and such still go very well. Right now, science fiction is doing well. Classic science fiction, like, you know, Dune is kind of in the news. It has to be with films. the movie. Right? That, yeah. I guess that's a big part of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So we just sold a, 
first edition of Dune and a nice dust jacket in one of our recent sales. I think that went for about 5000 Yeah, you know, yeah. and just kind of the classics, you know, anything that's, you know, just kind of a cornerstone of modern literature. Uh, yeah. Even going back to the 19th century, uh, Mark Twain still does very well for us. First edition of Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer, always desirable. Hemingway, Fitzgerald, uh, Faulkner, All the Lost Generation, they're kind of always highlights. Uh, if you have a nice, you know, Hemingway in a jacket or a Fitzgerald, they're always the highlights of the sale. Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit like stock market. What are some of your picks for things that you think will appreciate? Or is that just a mugs game? <laughs> With a lot of things, it's like supply and demand. How many yeah. people want this thing and how many copies of it are out there to be had. But like a good example, say... Um, like the Harry Potter series, right. first edition of uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or the UK version, the uh, Philosopher's Stone is very desirable because they didn't print a lot of copies because they didn't know it was going to be crazy popular. So something like that, you had no idea if you bought a copy of the first Harry Potter book that it's going to be valuable. You know, it's just another young adult book. And then it right. so happens that it became something that was very, very valuable. So yeah, you, you never really know what's going to happen. So it's yeah, I think it is kind of a mugs game to try to predict what's going to... But that's part of the fun of it, too. Oh, it is part of the fun, and sometimes you get lucky. <laughs> I mean, it's really got it's got nothing to do with the love of literature. It's Which gambling. I kind of it's... bristle at that sometimes as, as a reader and a writer, you know. Of and... course. They just want to <laughs> grab yeah. it and resell yeah. it down the road. Right. Yeah, so I had to adjust like the... that. We get a good mixture of people. Um you know, again, like a lot of people that buy from us are dealers, they buy to sell. Um, but then we also have a lot of private collectors, and I've met a number of them, and, and they do share a, a love of, of the book. You know, they love what it is they're collecting. So it's always a joy to talk to people like that. Because I'm yeah. like that, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but I try to collect the nicest copies of books that I love. You know, that's kind of my collection, you know, I have, if I can afford them, you know, so that gives me joy. And so it's nice to talk to other people in the business who, who get a joy out of it, you know, beyond just the buying and selling. Okay. Is there anything else in the whole process of, of what you do and how you do it that we should uh, reference? See, just, just to go through. So we get the books, you know, in hand, then we will we'll have like about two weeks that we spend on each sale cataloging for it as well, generally. So we just kind of go through the books, give them the descriptions, catalog them well. Then the books go to the photographer. The photographer photographs them. You put the catalog together and then um, we kind of, we still, you can still come in our physical store or physical office and uh, preview the books uh, a couple weeks before the sale. We'll have them all out on display, all tagged. And so you can come in and actually, if you're in the area, you can look at the physical books before you bid on them. And so we, we set them all up and, yeah, so that's kind of the process. Every every two weeks it goes. And your pitch then for selling with you instead of doing what I did online, what's the pitch? Well, since we've been around for a while, um, our catalogers are very experienced. We've done these books for years and years and years, and uh, we're very experienced with describing them fairly, I believe. you know That's that... from the buyer's perspective, but what about oh, selling... From you selling it. Well, again, like, you know that buyers have confidence in, like, if you sell your book to us, I think buyers are more confident to bid on it. 
because they go, okay, well, I've been buying from PBA for 30 years and, you know, everything I've got from them is good. It's what they tell me it's going to be. And, uh, and we just, we have an audience, you know, people go, oh yeah. gosh, what's coming up on this uh, PBA literature? So, oh, oh, they have another first edition of this, you know, I'll look out for that. And uh, I think it's, it's just confidence, I think is the main thing is that um, they're not going to have issues uh, if they buy something from us, they know it's going to be what we say it is. And if they have any issues with it, you know, they can return it. They know that they can bid with confidence, I think, with us because we love what we do and we've been doing it for a long time. I think what you're selling too, Bill, is possibilities. You're selling or giving me a chance to make quite a bit more than I could, there especially if I'm, if I'm allowed to put my reserve up as high as I want to. Exactly. Yeah. So there is um, that kind of mystery and possibility as um, it is quite possible that it, you don't know how, how much it's going to go for. And it could could do very well for you if all the right people are paying attention, um, you know, with eBay or something like that. You know, there, there's no hurry. But with uh, with a live auction, if you want that copy, you have to bid on it or someone else is going to get it, you know, right then. There's something about that copy that you want. You're not going to have another chance if you don't bid on it, you know, right now. So there's that aspect as well. Well, that's very helpful. And thank you for taking uh, taking me and the listeners through the process. Thanks so much uh, for your time. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really fun.